Radio. Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And, and everything's, everything's coming up, Simpsons. This episode is brought to you by the Home Security Trust. We are not a savings and loan. They keep telling us that. We got (laughs) to stick to it. I'm so sorry. Um, We are also brought to you, of course, by Reading Digest. Reading Digest, uh, where you can find the latest comic strip, Motoring Mishaps. (laughs) That's M.S. Haps. Um, I like this caption of the one this week. uh, It's a a car that's been crunched into a pool, and then the uh, log line or caption is, well, dear, you always wanted a compact. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's proven that women are better drivers than men. Yeah, well, we'll get into it. Uh, We're also brought to you by the Troy McClure, Dolores Montenegro film, Preacher with a Shovel. I love all the Troy McClure titles. I mean, we've talked about it on the podcast before that um, that was like, you know, one of the favorite tasks of the writer's room to just sort of like riff on what they could be. And I think Preacher with a Shovel, I mean, with the keepers out on Netflix, it is particularly timely. Oh, definitely. Mm hmm. Yeah, so we are, of course, talking about the episode, Mr. Lisa Goes to Washington. This is the second episode of the third season of The Simpsons. It originally aired on Fox on September 26, 1991. It was directed by Wes Archer. It was written by George Meyer. And the showrunners were Al Jean and Mike Reese. Ooh, very cool. I just All recently... writers. Yeah. yeah! They are the best. Mm-hmm. I just recently um, learned by way of one of our listeners who um, I am can't remember if they were a guy or a gal, but I'm just going to say they mansplained how you pronounce Mike Reese's name to me. <laughs> I was told uh, Mike Rice because he's very nice. Wow. So, <laughs> so I guess phrase to it, too? <laughs> uh, what was that? Yeah, I'm just going to say that I noticed that mispronunciation as well. <laughs> yeah, we... Uh, um, I was yelling at the podcast. <laughs> we, we, always, uh, we always guess we get a lot of people yelling at us, and it's nice to have cold, hard facts. Yeah, I feel like... <laughs> but that's, that's the case of literally every podcast, especially about pop culture. It's like, you haven't made a baby until you've got your listeners yelling at you and traffic. <laughs> you wish you'd almost pronounce Matt Greening. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's where all of our focus and attention goes to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which Allie Gertz, I feel like we've probably talked about you guys share a similar easy, mispronounceable Greening and Gertz sort totally. of thing. Totally. So you're bonded in that way. Exactly. You're the exact same person. Um, well, before we get too deep, I would love to introduce our guest this week. I'm so excited uh, to have this guest on, and we've been trying to get her for a little while. And, um, you know, it's always great to, you know, talk to people who are on the other side of some of our most beloved and most cherished TV shows. You know, of course, The Simpsons, we've done a lot of episodes with Simpsons writers, but I feel like there is a similar kind of neighborhood of like uh, similarly influential shows. And uh, today, our guest, uh, you know her as a writer for a little show called Daria, as well as a ton of other things. Uh, Your IMDb, I'm going to say, is crazy, crazy awesome and and long and and you can just fall down rabbit holes with it. Um, Please welcome Andy Bernstein. 
Hello, everybody. Sorry to interrupt before I was introduced. Oh, my gosh. No, no. I was, well, I was so offended. Allie's okay with it, but I was like, ugh. Please forgive me. Uh, no, you're fine. <laughs> uh, we are so excited to have you on. We have talked about Daria in the past, and uh, we once had a conversation about our sexual sexual awakenings and how Trent was a really big character for both Julia and myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did the writer's room think of Trent when you guys were working on the show? There's no writers' room. Oh, no writer's room. oh, I didn't know Sorry, that. It was a very different kind of show because we don't have the, we didn't have the budget for this. Wow, so it was all like freelancers. No writers' room. Wow. No residuals. None of that. <gasps> oh stuff. no. Well, I feel like there should be a statue of everyone who wrote on Daria because it I is that. I think so too. And I think those statues should be drilled for oil. <laughs> oh, hello. Uh, for, for a bribe, of course. Um, so, Anne, uh, there are so many great Simpsons episodes, and I'm wondering, uh, what does Mr. Lisa Goes to Washington uh, speak to you uh, that made you choose this episode? Well, I think that um, I always like to write character-based animation, live action, anything like that. It's always character-based. And when I taught a class on the animation writing, I used this episode as an example of really, really solid character-based plot because everything's so perfect and it so grows out of Lisa's personality. Yeah. I also think Lisa and, and Daria have a similar, similar um, in the way that people... They're misunderstood in the same way. Some people think they're a little too earnest. They're kind of like a little bit like, as they used to say in ancient days, a pill. Kind mm-hmm. of like raining <laughs> on people's parades, things like that. And I used to always have to feel that I had to defend Daria that, you know, she's not a sourpuss. She's not someone who can't enjoy life. She just has really strong opinions and she has a backbone and she expresses them and I just feel like Lisa and Daria have some similarities. And I also just, I just really like this one of those classic early Simpsons episodes. They're not like over, overly broken plot or anything. They're really simple. Yeah. And all the pieces kind of put together. And um, I just also just really feel for Lisa in this one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised I haven't made that connection of Lisa and Daria sooner. But it it tracks, especially for the two worlds that they inhabit. I feel like, um, you know, we talk, of course, the world of Springfield. Um, most of the authority figures are inept. And that's where a lot of the comedy comes from. And, you know, we often pair Marge and Lisa as being these two voices of reason that can, you know, truly see they have like a clarity that is on a different level than the rest of the people that live in Springfield. But I find the same for the world of Daria, that Daria is just surrounded by inept people and inept authority figures. And she's not like rallying against them in like a rebellious, like, fuck you kind of way. It's just that she knows she sees the world differently and it becomes a kind of a burden for her. I agree. I My favorite line of this episode, and it isn't necessarily a joke, but the core of Lisa that I uh, think of Daria as well is when Lisa meets the other contestants. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love yeah, yeah. She asks them, have you ever run into any problems due to your superior ability? And they all kind of like... Yeah, it's like, oh, yes, like I'm not alone. She found her people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's so sweet. And uh, I could definitely see Lisa growing up during at least her high school years when it's the hardest to Uh become a Daria or a ghost 
ghost world kind of Enid right. type character. So that's great. I, I was hoping that would be the reason, but I'm so glad you articulated it so well. And now we're going to go into the synopsis of the episode. Yeah. So for people that haven't watched this episode in a while, we like to catch them up and we always read it straight from Wikipedia, baby. Uh, so sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. Just as a <laughs> warning, Anne, uh, this may be uh, just garbage and you could fill us in on where they left off. Uh, but maybe not. This looks pretty meaty. So in the episode, Lisa enters in an essay contest to write an essay about America's greatness. Okay, what a sentence. <laughs> um, when she wins it, she and the family travel to Washington, D.C., where the finals are being held. Lisa is dismayed after witnessing a bribery scandal in the House. In her final essay, she disdains and condemns the government system, which leads to the arrest of the corrupt congressman who accepted the bribe. While Lisa fails to win the contest, her faith in government is restored. Yeah. Oh God, they gave everything away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes they're like one sentence long. Yeah. And we're just like, okay, <laughs> this person was tired. Uh, the, the one thing that they didn't really talk about is how the first half of this episode is really spent, which is just on Homer's love of reading Digest. Yeah. Uh, which and I, there were lots of episodes like that where the first act is like, you need to get to the plot of the second <laughs> act. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I could have watched an entire episode of Homer just going through the book, yeah. although I'm very happy it went where it did. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Homer checking the mail. I love him uh, thinking he won $1 million. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Of course he would. And yeah, when they send you a check, it looks just like a check, and it says, this is not a check. <laughs> void, yeah. void, void. Uh, yeah. I'm, oh, what's the line like? Uh, I don't think real checks have exclamation points. So good. <laughs> uh, poor little Lisa. So so wise beyond her father, uh, father's years. Um, I, I like all the... I like that that it brings the family together. I like the meatloaf men. Um, oh, yeah. That's fun. And uh, I I just love seeing, you know, in these earlier episodes, it's just nice when everybody kind of fits to their little role as much as I love to see it expand later on. Like, there's something very, like, calming about this episode to me where everyone is truly, like, Lisa's truly Lisa and Homer's right. truly Homer. Um, Homer wears his uh, smart guy half glasses in this one. <laughs> I know! <laughs> I like it when they show up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's such a it's such a sweet little detail. Um, a a line that I really like in this. Um, our sponsor, uh, we mentioned during our sponsor, uh, that compact car joke that was in reader, reading digest. Right. Motoring mishaps. I yeah. Know, I know what line you're going to say, I think. Oh, please are say it. Are they going to say they're just stupid drawings that <laughs> give you, what do they say? Cheap I, laughs. Oh, they're just stupid drawings oh, that give yeah. you cheap laughs and then they show this butt crack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's such a nice little setup punchline. I know. And it, it is such a standard Simpsons joke, especially early on, which I love that they've established the sort of self-deprecation as early as they did in the series. So we're in season three, but I feel like they were doing it as early as season two and perhaps even season one. It's been a while since I've revisited it, but, um, you know, sort of just going first, they make fun of the Fox network. That's usually the punchline. Right. But then making fun of themselves as being, you know, um, this like uh, animation pioneer, but not really, you know, kind of thing. Like we're just dumb cartoons or whatever the parents at the time were thinking the Simpsons were. Yeah, totally. Uh, so uh, one joke I remember from when I was a kid that I actually think about 
often when I myself am reading books where I get scared for the protagonist, uh, Homer is reading a story uh, about um, wilderness survival to the family. And <laughs> I love this. Yeah, he's just like, oh, oh my God, he'll be killed. And, yeah. and Marge, of course, is explaining just like, Homer, he wrote the book. He's clearly going to be okay. We'll just see about that. That's so okay. <laughs> I love the line in that scene when he's reading the story. So this is a line from the story. And then I heard the sound that all our Arctic explorers dread the pitiless bark of the sea lion. I feel like the way that they phrase things and their hyper specifics are always so funny. Definitely. One thing. So, you know, we talk about it all the time, but watching The Simpsons as a kid versus an adult, uh, it's very different. You miss some jokes. Um I, I love as an adult watching Homer and Marge talking about s spicing up their sex life. And he's just kind of reading a script of saying, Marge, you have a sexy body. And if you'd like to see me in a cost, like to see me in a costume, you may only need to ask. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> but Marge makes it even better by saying, thank you, Homer. <laughs> uh, so now. I know you guys are very fond of horny Marge. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that, that you've acknowledged our geodes. Uh, horny Marge for the win. Uh, uh, so then we get to the meat of this episode. You know, there are so many jokes, it's hard to not go into every single one of them. But the meat of this episode, of course, is Lisa um, writing her essay uh, that, uh, you know, is, is going to end up being this really patriotic, right. cool, younger mind, you know, behind this thing. It's going to be great. Um, but, uh, you know, she's stuck and is not really sure what's going to motivate her. And Marge gives some great advice. Of, mm -hmm. uh, you know, when I get, when I would get stuck, I would go on a bike ride. Do kids still go on bike rides? I love that. <laughs> Do kids still use that word? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's so sweet because she's just such a um, such a well-meaning parent there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's sort of like what we talk about uh, maybe in like the last couple episodes. The like you you're always trying to get like you're always pushing the potatoes, mom. I just think they're neat. Exactly. You know, Marge's <laughs> like top mom moment, uh, which I love that we never fully lose episode by episode. Exactly. So, Anne, do you have favorite moments of the other students' speeches? Um, I know Nelson gives a pretty convincingly uh, powerful speech. I was wondering if any come to mind. I wrote down something. Is this the part where they say ding dong? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and I am the American non-voter. Yes, uh, with my with my what is it? He says my my belly yellow. Uh, yeah. Oh man, it's so good. Um, my favorite is. I also like that they're in the veterans of popular wars. Oh yeah. <laughs> I see. I mean, was that just a sign gag? I I feel like it was. I think it was just a sign. Yeah. Yeah, but I just I love that so much. I mean, their sign gags are top 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 notch but oh, that definitely. being I feel like they do that and they do um, you know like the uh, the lesser known presidents or the mediocre president song is like a very similar joke I just love that they keep going to that as a punchline definitely um, in Nelson's speech I love the specificity six red stripes seven white stripes and a hell of a lot of stars I love it <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite of all of this is probably so we you know Lisa gives her speech and of course because she's Lisa uh, it seems as if she got help from the parent, which was, methinks I detect the sickly scent of the daddy. I love it. <laughs> um, but my favorite line is another dad getting mad at his son. We the purple? What the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, um, of course, we find out that Homer... Also, 
Please. Go. I was just going to say, I like the band of judging scorecards that originality, clarity, organization, and jingoism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love their criteria. I, yeah, again, like the hyper specifics of that. That was just a joke that, you know, they, it was like an add on that didn't necessarily need to happen, but I just love that they use like every part of the buffalo in every episode. <laughs> um, I love, uh, you know, Homer clearly is not uh, helping Lisa. He can't, you know, she's asking him to touch touch his nose and then he has the line who would have guessed reading and writing would pay off <laughs> which uh for for the three ladies here i assume is a pretty funny mm-hmm. joke yeah the way that homer is um treating the reading digest in this episode it makes me think of um the episode where uh he thinks that he is buying a tape to lose weight but really it's about expanding his vocabulary which is a fun <laughs> side of homer that i like to see because you know of course um he's written as just a puppy of a man so we don't necessarily get to see him him, you know, sort of like go off model into these different um, parts of his personality. So it's kind of fun to see him be as enthusiastic as he is in the beginning. And then like, as we talked about, it takes like a sharp right turn and then just goes straight into um, Washington, D.C. territory with Lisa. Exactly. Before we get to Washington, D.C., though, it is time for us to take a little break. Woo! What a great break. I had a great break. And how was your break? Oh, lovely. <laughs> I'm glad to hear. Uh, so now we are on I the... I wanted to mention at, at this point that I once won a DAR essay contest in sixth grade. I was going to ask. That was... A... Okay. That's amazing. I a book, The History of Rockville Center. Okay. Which is my hometown. That's so cool. So I was I was literally just about to ask, hey guys, did you ever enter a essay contest when you were kids? So a DAR, so that's Daughters of the American Revolution for people that don't know. Um, what was the title of it again? The, the essay you wrote? Oh, uh, they gave me the book, The History of Rockville Center, which was a town that I was, that was um, from, but oh, cool. I cannot remember what my essay was about. I have no idea. So I probably have it here in a pile someplace. How old were you? Sixth grade. Sixth grade. That's I only great. Because my mother, my mother was like, thought it was funny because I guess the DAR was not really particularly a Jewish organization. That's great. Uh, I'm going to reveal something about myself. I only learned about the DAR by way of Gilmore Girls. So Mm -hmm. I feel like your assessment of it not being particularly Jewish is pretty accurate because that's (laughs) the whitest show on television. Uh, But but what a show. But what a show. Did you ever do anything like that, Allie? Uh, The DAR? No, like essay Essay contest when you were a kid. Yeah, I won um, an essay contest about D.A.R.E., the the drug, the anti-drug place. What was your angle on your essay? Um, that nicotine was bad. <laughs> hot, hot takes. I remember being made fun of because I was a very articulate child, like both in my word choice and then just the like, the, you know, making sure to say the consonants correctly. Right. I didn't slur my words, and mm. um, people would make fun of me for how I said nicotine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because it was nicotine. Like, it's I just think not what you say it. I think that they were just like, you talk too good. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, what That's about hilarious. you? Um, I, we had this contest in fourth grade, uh, which I'm certain now was just a way for my fourth grade teacher to uh, fill the class time. Um, but she had us um, write short stories or essays to the Daily News. They had like a kids section, like kids beat, you know, here's an essay from a 10 year old. Uh, isn't this adorable? You know, uh, part of the newspaper. 
Totally. And I uh, got my essay in after months and months of trying. I wrote an essay about how my dad's car got repossessed because <laughs> he was he was bad at that kind of adult stuff <laughs> and had to take the bus to work every day. And I remember starting it as a fourth grader. Yeah, I, I started the essay, when I grow old, comma, <laughs> which is just, it tells you everything you need to know about young Julia. I love that. Uh, so now the Simpsons are on an airplane. I always like the little gags they manage to fit in. Uh, but we, uh, you know, Bart is being a disaster. Uh, he keeps like bumping his or like, you know, leaning his chair back. And, uh, you know, Homer also keeps asking for like all the different things he has coming to him, which mm-hmm. he's entitled to do. Yeah. But still a little annoying. But Bart goes into the cockpit and uh, he ends up pushing a button that makes all the masks come down. And Homer's reaction of just like, we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. Perfect father and son combo. Yeah. Um, so uh, I love them leaving and saying, uh, you know, they see the sign that says the Simpsons on it. It's like, look, Marge, that guy has the same same last name that we do. Um, and another moment I love in this scene is, uh, you know, uh, Marge is saying, like, look, homie, the IRS. And Homer just starts booing. Uh, <laughs> I love <laughs> oh, it. Oh, boo yourself. <laughs> um, yeah. I also love Marge's, uh, she just has, like, such a, a fondness and excitement about um, the, th- the free things at the hotel, like the shower yeah. cap and the gel and uh, the welcoming mint. Um, and Homer, of course, is just so smitten by shoehorn. Shoe goes on, shoe goes off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love these are the ones that in other episodes, right? Shoe goes on, shoe goes off. Oh, yeah, bed goes up, bed goes down. I love those moments. I was recently trying to remember all of them, so it was nice when it came up again. Uh, and then we get first bedsies, which is, of course, a very cute little moment between Lisa and Bart, where they just kind of get to be kids. We also get them making the phone call to uh, to Homer, which is also very sweet. Uh, mm-hmm. So then we end up at the Reading Digest um I guess, uh, what the little area, I don't know what it's called, but we yeah. end up at this convention kind of. And, uh, we get Homer saying, like, my favorite section is how to increase your word power. Uh, man, that thing is really, really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, uh, well, I was going to say not to jump back and forth too much, but, um, I was trying to find, uh, going bed goes up, bed goes down, shoe horn, shoe goes up, shoe goes down. My favorite is cloud goes up, cloud goes down, uh, during, um, Homer's triple bypass. It's so good. Of course, yeah, when he's fantasizing about being dead. I love that one. Uh, I, I love that we walk through the, uh, oh, I love the VIP badges question. Yeah. These are special VIP badges. They'll get you into places other tourists never see. Miss, what does the I stand for? Uh, important. Ooh, how about the V? <laughs> Very. Oh, and Miss, just one more question. Person. Ah. What does the I stand for again? Uh, <laughs> what does the I stand for? Important. Hmm. hmm. What does the V stand for? Very. Hmm. <laughs> One last question. <laughs> Person. <laughs> uh, so I love us walking through the president's bathroom. Uh, we get that nice Barbara Bush moment. Uh, and we- this was pre the controversy between the Bushes and the Simpsons. I think wow, it I didn't know that. Um, very shortly after this. Ooh. This is also the first time that the Simpsons have gone outside of Springfield. Truly. I mean, they've been a capital city, but this is like their first big trip. Oh, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, so. The Richard Nixon bowling stuff. If you haven't seen the famous original picture, was true Nixon bowling. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually know that more uh, famously from The Big Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's great. Uh, I love uh, I love Bart getting uh, getting uh, chewed out for being in the spirit of St. Louis. Uh-huh. And um, I remember... I'm speaking of Horny Marge. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Horny Marge. Now. I know. Walk us through it, Anne. Well, Marge giggles at the Washington Monument, <laughs> and, and then, and then oh, I'm sorry, Homer isn't sure why she's giggling, and she was and then he like realizes what she's, what she's giggling at. They share a little chuckle. <laughs> I love it. It's so cute. Uh, doesn't Homer say just like, oh, Mar-, like, doesn't he kind of like make fun I of her for so. it? Yeah, yeah. I, I, so, yeah I, I love it when they're so. bonded in that. <laughs> I love it when they're both kind of like, you know, getting some. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. Um, and then so then we get uh, some behind the scenes of what's going on um, with this congressman, Bob. And uh, we see that he's taking bribes and that the photo ops are clearly staged to make him look good. And um, then Lisa comes in. I like when in. he says we have quite a few female senators, you know. <laughs> and oh. she says only two. I check. I love that. It's so good. And it's, oh gosh, it's I so, know what it, a great joke. It's so no, relevant. Uh, yeah, it's so relevant now. I mean, it's always mm. so sad when you watch something from the 90s or earlier and things haven't changed all that much. I know. And it's such like a statement. It's such a typical statement from a politician of like, we have heaps of minorities. You have two. Exactly. You know, it's all about that sort of slant and spin of like, no, 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 we are very woke. In a writer's room that works too. Ugh. of just like, oh, yeah, we have women just like only two and only ever two at a time. Yeah. <laughs> it will change though it will change uh i i don't know if i've said on the podcast though i do have a joke uh that my friend told me not a joke but an observation about writers rooms and how they usually have more men uh my friend made a comment about uh (laughs) my friend made a comment about how um you need to have at least two women in the writers room uh because they're like cats and they need to be able to play with each other (laughs) but two three Three cats is too much, and like all hell will break loose. Who said this? A woman who was just like how how she thinks men view the writers' room. I've many many times been the only one, so I can't say that's actually true. Yeah, I I mean, it's in Los Angeles, but yeah, uh, it's not different in Los Angeles. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) I'm currently the only woman on on my show, which is fine. It just happened that way. Um, But uh, I wrote fairly recently on a show that had um, an overwhelming amount of women, um, and it was the first time I experienced experience that and it may have been an all women's writer's room I'm not sure but um we were all working together and it was like week two we discovered and forgive me if this is gross male listeners um, but week two we had discovered we had all synced up just like in the show glow <laughs> just like in the show glow but it was an interesting situation of us all realizing it slowly and then going oh my god this has never happened to me at a writing job before because it's never been all women that's really funny <laughs> so that's what they're scared of men that the, the women's writers will sync up <laughs> uh, so they that leads us pretty well into Lisa wanting to go off alone she wakes up really early and then she goes to to visit the Winifred Beecher um, uh, statue. Which is a fake public figure. Yes. I want to make it very clear. I love the logic of this whole thing about how no one goes there and that's why yeah. it's the perfect place to take a bribe. Yeah. yeah. And um, she's the face on the 75 cent um, <laughs> The unpopular coin. 75 cent yeah, piece. Yeah, which is based on the Susan B. Anthony dollar piece. Yeah. Of, of course. It's like a quarter, so 
decided to do that was really, you know, setting her up for failure, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also love uh, her quote, uh, which is, I'll iron your sheets when you iron out the inequity of your labor laws. Amen, yeah. sister. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Did you guys happen to watch my Mrs. Smith Goes to Washington to get the illusion? Too? Yeah, da- the, the, movie. the Jimmy Stewart movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so, right. so, so good. Mm-hmm. Because, I- you know, this has her, the logging permit for the Springsville Forest, and the original, you know, Mrs. Smith goes to Washington is all about a Boy Scout camp, and they want to build a dam on top of the Boy Scout camp. That's right. So these, this is where it's supposed to get really like, where they really have a lot of parallels. And yeah. he's so earnest. It's like, I just recently rewatched it, and like, you talking about earnestness, no other actor could pull that off because it's like, so earnest, you just like can't believe it. Oh, I know. He's so abused, and and it's just like he, it's, it's similarities with Lisa in some ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree completely. This scene is so emotional um, while still being funny, of course, as is the Simpsons way. But when Lisa overhears these guys talking about what's happening, uh, she cries and uh, she rips up her paper. And uh, what was the paper called? I wrote it down. It was going the to be called. Yes, yes. <laughs> the Roots of Democracy. How mm-hmm. can I forget that? Mm-hmm. And then so she she's now conflicted and, you know, she decides to go to Honest A. Uh, which was the idea of many. (laughs) Honest Abe, he'll show me the way. Mr. Lincoln? Mr. Lincoln, I need your advice. What can I do to make this a better country? Is this a good time to buy a house? I can't get my boy to brush proper. But I look good with a mustache. So I tried these in turpentine, but that just made it worse. Mr. Lincoln, my name is Lisa Simpson, and I have a problem. Mr. Jefferson? My name is Lisa Simpson, and I have a problem. I know your problem. The Lincoln Memorial was too crowded. Sorry, sir. It's just... No one ever comes to see me. I don't blame them. I never did anything important. Just the Declaration of Independence, the Louisiana Purchase, the dumbwaiter. Maybe I should be going. I caught you at a bad time. Wait. Please don't go. I get so lonely. This is also when Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Yes. Oh, yeah. The memorial, seeing all the different kinds of Americans who are calling out to Lincoln. Yeah. Yeah, and it's such like a an interesting yet I'm sure very real and continues to happen today instance of what would Abe do of people sort of going to him like he's this saint that they are praying to more or less. I yeah, definitely mm-hmm. the types of questions they start very the smartly. They are. Yeah. I love that they start with like a an easy one. It was like, what can I do to make the world a better place? And then I don't know your guys's favorite, but I loved. Um, <laughs> would I look good with would a I mustache? Look good with a <laughs> Very important question. It's this is a good time to buy a home. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's a great one. And then I love that uh, she Lisa decides to go see Mr. Jefferson uh, instead uh, because right. uh, it's not as as crowded, <laughs> and he like makes fun of her for He's it. So mad. He's, He's just like, oh, I bitch. never did anything important. Just the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> yeah. And um, this next scene, and she goes, Mr. Jefferson, I have a problem, and she says, I know your problem. 
Lincoln Laurel. Two credits. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> That's so good. Um, I love uh, the image, like the way that the drawings change of the fat cats and pigs in this right, next scene. Yeah. yeah, and this is a scene, you know, we talk about how there's always at least one scene that justifies the animation for The Simpsons because otherwise it would be, you know, like perfectly serviceable as a live action show um, as King of the Hill is, is more leaning toward. But I love that The Simpsons always has like one scene of this sort of absurdism. And I love it that it's like, in this not quite New Yorker esque illustration style, or it's supposed to be like sort of some etching engraving kind of take off. Yeah, like definitely. I love it. it. I mean, it's and it's fun too. It's, this is a very interestingly paced episode. It's very different than a lot of the other episodes, especially from this season. Um, but I think that it is also indicative of them, you know, sort of like easing into their tone that would sort of take over in, in the seasons um, after this season four on. I love that they are allowing this story to be the A story and to sort of patiently unravel um, and focus on Lisa being this like main star of it. I agree completely, and it's so well done uh, that uh, as soon as this scene ends, they go straight to Bart and Homer getting massages because it ends up being completely paid for. Um, But uh, before we continue, it is time for us to get massages on our hour-long break. That's a good idea. All right. Oh my god, I'm so relaxed. Ooh, how do you that feel? was that was soothing. They got some knots out. And yeah. how was your all expenses paid massage? I didn't get it. What happened? Oh, they must have went, <laughs> went to the wrong. We sent out a guy, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> all these star writers never get what they do. Oh gosh. <laughs> you know what? I agree. <laughs> uh, I so after the massages that Bart and Homer get, and of course I love that Homer is so mad. Um, I uh, I I love that we finally get to the convention mm-hmm. and uh, this deficit song. Oh my goodness! I, I was laughing so hard. I know. Now, did you guys know who this guy was was in this cartoon? Because you're younger. I'm just wondering. Oh, I actually you know who don't. No, who who is it? Oh, there was this guy named Mark, I think his name was Mark Russell. He was famous for doing political sort of parody songs, but not he's no with no word near as talented let's say a Tom Lehrer or something yeah and he had all these specials and he was just oh, really right. really freaking annoying <laughs> <laughs> that's and he, so all funny songs really did sound the same <laughs> yeah yeah I'm looking so, him up right now I, it really is extra funny you should, you should definitely like YouTube Mark Russell there is such a thing we definitely will that's so funny I um it's you know it's very impressive for um the writers to write something intentionally bad but still funny um without yeah. being like hateful too like they just made him kind of a dope and it was great mm-hmm. uh so uh it is finally time for Lisa's speech and I love how she like kind of like bursts in yeah she's mad and she's been through a lot mm-hmm. and then I forgive me if we've kind of touched upon it but like maybe lightly um the whole bribe was to demolish the springfield forest yeah so that's like a big thing especially with the setup of her getting inspiration for her essay by going to the forest and seeing the american bald eagle great 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 
Apparently. Another excellent, yeah. excellent plot point. Yes. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, and, uh, George Meyer genius. Uh, I know. They're, they're good at what they do. Has anyone said that before, that they are like pretty competent? We're <laughs> the first to ever say it. Hot takes. Um, but I, I want to just, not to completely derail us, but I found some interesting trivia as I was researching this episode that um, the timber industry had a bone to pick with The Simpsons uh, when this came out. What? Yeah, because mm. um, they, the, the whole bride comes from their representative of the timber industry who's trying to appease um, to this politician, this crooked politician with a bribe. And they basically wrote the, the Simpsons and like, you know, hounded them emails, phone calls like for weeks saying, that is not what we do. We are an honest people just completely missing that comedy exists and that this was actually more in service of the parallels that we just discussed of it being the setup for Lisa's inspiration. That's why they use the forest. It's not because they they were, you know, in like this maniacal evil lair, the Simpsons writers, that is, and being like, who can we target next? It just was so dumb. And so there was actually quite a bit of back and forth. I mean, this is early in the season. So I guess uh, Matt Groening and all the other writers were not as busy as they are now. But, um, you know, that uh, Groening had made like multiple statements to them what? saying that he was sorry that they were offended, but it was not intentional. It's a story. It's it's a television show. It's just a plot point, and they just weren't understanding. Well, what about the nuclear? What about the exactly. nuclear reactor industry? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's funny that you say that because that was actually part of his last uh, statement that he says. So now a few lumber companies have joined the nuclear power industry, right wing <laughs> preachers, and high ranking Republicans in attacking the Simpsons. We must be doing something right. I must point out also that the Simpsons is a cartoon show, not sixty minutes. Um, yeah. That's oh, great. Yeah, yeah. That's what Matt Groening said, which I thought was really, really great. Good job, Matt. Mm, good job, Matt. That's really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, he's right. They should be ruffling some feathers, whether it's intentional or otherwise. Like, good. That means that they obviously, you know, could possibly end up being a very big television program one day. <laughs> yeah. I really hope that it works out for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm still waiting. <laughs> so <laughs> Lisa bursts in and gives her new speech. Um, and oh, I she says, I'm sorry, Mary Lisa Dixon to say, I would like to read a different essay, if I may. <laughs> I know, I love, yeah, her inflection in that is so great. She's such a great character. She's just such a, a strong and inspirational character. Uh, indignant little girl yeah and i look up to her even as an adult and i I, you know of course it's it we did grow up with her but i if i assume if i saw someone like lisa today as a child or as an old woman i would be like man i gotta be like you Mm -hmm. like she's just so pure well i loved and what you said uh at the top about you know liking to write for shows that have strong characters especially in the field of animation because I feel like so often you know um, the the less intelligent kids shows will kind of rely on you know wacky shenanigans and it'll be way more external things happening than internal I find that if it's not character driven if I don't know who the characters are and I don't understand what the stakes are for them emotionally or why I like hanging out with them why are we here? I agree so I feel like you know I I feel bonded to you in that because I completely agree I think that The Simpsons and Daria are both great examples of that. And it's also like, well, The Simpsons is a little different in that no one ever changes age. Yeah. And Daria was, had that kind of challenge of like having them age a little bit and having a little bit of a, a little more of like character development over time because 
The Simpsons like reset completely. Right. Daria didn't didn't reset completely, which was something to always keep in mind where you were. Mm-hmm. I loved that. That made it even more um, kind of uh, achy. Like it, yeah, it, it was, was intimate a, because yeah. you felt like you were growing with them. And it was also a limited amount of time you get to spend with somebody, which I think is really special. Um, and uh, Summer of Four Foot Two probably has the strongest vibe of Daria to me in terms of yeah. just kind of like we're watching someone grow and she's, you know, she's going to have to eventually go out into the adult world. That's a great example. <sighs> so Lisa gives her speech and um, there are a lot of great moments to it. But the line that I remember the most is one nation under the dollar and liberty and justice. Justice for none. Yeah, I know. You tell him. She's burning her fucking bra <laughs> in that moment. I know. And then we get that great moment uh, that we all love of the guy calling uh, and saying, a little girl is losing faith in democracy. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Good Lord. I know. I always so wonder funny. what that, that little, when she's giving her speech, is like this little moment when you see this Ted Kennedy shot where he looks really unhappy. <laughs> I never understood exactly what they were going for there. I know. Anyone who would like to tell us what they would, what their commentary was about the Kennedys. They feel like this little pissed off little Teddy Kennedy. <laughs> totally. <gasps> oh, there she is. Lisa Simpson will now read her essay. I would like to read a different essay, if I may. Um, okay. The city of Washington was built on a stagnant swamp some 200 years ago, and very little has changed. It stank then, and it stinks now. Only today, it is the fetid stench of corruption that hangs in the air. And who did I see taking a bribe but the honorable Bob Arnold? Don't worry, Congressman. I'm sure you can buy all the votes you need with your dirty money and this will be one nation under the dollar with liberty and justice for none senator there's a problem at the essay contest please son i'm very busy a little girl is losing faith in democracy good lord Congressman, we want to drill for oil in Teddy Roosevelt's head. Well... Teddy who? <laughs> Congressman! You're under arrest. You work fast. I work for Uncle Sam. Speaking of Teddies, we go back into uh, the conversation with the congressman who is being told that uh, they want to drill for oil in Teddy Roosevelt's head. Right. And uh, then we get uh, we get it all shut down and we get that great moment uh, with the FBI. Uh, they're told, you work fast. And they say, I work for Uncle Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of really great, like, you know, cheesy on purpose, kind of overly political tones to their back and forth. It's it's very fun. Yeah, even the next line is super, super cheesy. So after Bob Arnold is expelled um, from the House of Representatives, we go to the White House mm-hmm. and uh, we get George Bush and uh, he's just like, you're a great boss. And he's like, and I have to report to my bosses. It's like, your bosses? <laughs> yes. All 250 I million of them. I love it. It's so <laughs> funny. It reminds There's me so, so much like, we're, we're thinking Bush's these days for various reasons. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I long for yesteryear. Oh, um, I know. <laughs> I'm living in, uh, you know, that it's like the movie Sliding Doors, but I'm just imagining Jeb Bush at that desk. And I never thought that I would like <laughs> really salivate over that premise. Totally. Uh, so I actually really, really love the way that they end this episode because I imagine it would have been really hard to leave on a positive note with just Lisa. So to show uh, the other students' uh, speech, USA, USA AOK, <laughs> I think was such a good idea. And my favorite line um, uh, is his speech is, uh, where else other than America or possibly Canada? Or, yeah. <laughs> or possibly. <laughs> could, could my family find such opportunity? And that's why whenever I see the Stars and Stripes, I'll always be reminded of that wonderful word, flag <laughs> <laughs> it's so great it made me that alone made me flash so hard to those like child essay contests of like what actually wins and it's always some pandering mess totally all, all, all titles are so great bubble on old melting pot the tie you're a lamp green lady <laughs> usa a-okay yeah so good and then uh and to go back to that singer um that was based on his name was yes yes we get uh you know bart is so annoyed uh and marge just like no that song is about the wage gap this is about the budget gap <laughs> <laughs> i love it uh, and of course so usa aok wins and um we we get you know the conversation and i think it's great that he shares the the award and says the price of freedom is eternal vigilance mm-hmm. and uh and then of course it has to oh. end on a joke Sorry, Anne, go ahead. I was going to say, I will sit up. And Thomas Jefferson is not the originator of that phrase, but most people think so. Oh, oh wow. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we could have gone our whole Trying lives. To- I, I feel like that line, like, people think it's this, but it's really that, is the internet in a nutshell. <laughs> exactly. It's so easy to check. Yes, I know. <laughs> Speaking of check, uh, we get our nice uh, last line from Homer. Give her the check. Speaking of check, <laughs> Allie, you are flawless in those transitions. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I love everyone laughing at Homer, of course, being like, oh, I was serious. And then we get one more Simpsons moment of uh, Bart hits that singer with a slingshot. Lise, you told me to stand up for what I believe in. Yeah, Just I love it. Just a cute little button. Yeah, it's it's a perfect episode. Um, I mean, as you said, Anne, like, it's just, you know, so strong all around, and I love how simple it is. Um, and I think that there's a lot to be said for the simpler episodes of really any television show, but particularly The Simpsons, because then, of course, we get to spend more time really getting to know our characters and spending time with them and, you know, seeing all their best character traits really shine. So, Anne, thank you so much for joining us today in this discussion of such a sweet and wonderful episode. Um, as you know, we are both very big fans of you and what you've done. Um, it's been... Can I tell my trend story? Yes! Yes, yes oh please do. Okay, no, this is just this is how I got in touch with you guys. We were talking about how Trent was like He's a cartoon character you can it's sexy and whatever yeah. <laughs> and fantasize about. So, I, I think I, I might have written you this story, but when I wrote the second episode of Daria, and it's and Glenn, I was going, they were going to Bernice party, Jane and Daria, and then I said, "Well, have James Brunson's brother Trent have him drive him to the party." And we were not given like a really expensive Bible or anything like that. It was very little on the, written about the show when I started. So I called them up and I said, "Glenn, why does Daria like this guy Trent? Like, what is the story? She's never she's totally unflappable." Why would she be in weakness with this guy? 
why is she in articulator on the sky? What's the story? And he said, call Susie, who was the other creator, Susie Lewis Lynn at the time. And I called her and I was like, Susie, Glenn told me to call you. She, I have to ask you, why does Daria <laughs> like Trent? She said, well, have you seen him? <laughs> I said, no. She said, I'll fax him to you. And this was when they had the fax machines with the shiny paper and it roll and it continuous roll yeah. and it like, really come out really slow. <laughs> so my fax machine starts making those weird noise and slowly Trent comes out of the fax machine on the shiny paper. And I just go to her. Oh, I see. Oh my God, that is <laughs> I love so it. amazing. Oh man, uh, I mean, and that like, what a case for a character's design going a long way. Seriously, um, that's also you describing your process of viewing Trent is a lot like comic book guy trying to download yeah. porn. Uh, that is so funny because uh, even it was funny that Glenn Glenn was like, you speaking of women, it's like you want to talk about this on your own. I'm not going to get involved. She'll figure it out. She'll tell you why he's so great. Yeah, I was I like, love oh, that. you see the drawing, and you know exactly why, why she gets in articulated around. No, it's so true, because, you know, even the nerdiest, smartest girls in the world have crushes on people that are, you know, cool. Like, yeah. Lisa has a huge crush on Nelson in one episode, and, you the know... heart, you can't help it sometimes. Exactly. Uh, it wants, wants what it wants. So, Anne, <laughs> we, we assume that if you had to choose any character that you relate to the most most that it would be Lisa um, but if there's yeah. if there is a character other than Lisa that you just want to give a shout out to for being special to you um, we'll talk about sexy mofos I like Milhouse yeah uh, Milhouse is the I best love it. I love that <laughs> that's so great I think he's sort of like to me he's sort of like Martin Starr and Freaks and Geeks oh, really yes cool. I oh, see that they Definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. Aww. And also, Lisa could also grow up to be a little bit like um, uh, Lindsay. Lindsay. Yeah. Who's also, yeah. who looks a lot like Daria. Hey, so <laughs> who we've both come look a lot circle. like me. Oh, yeah, that is true. We've uh, come full circle. We have. Uh, so, Anne, thank you so much again. Uh, where sure. where can people find uh, what you've been working on or any, if you happen to have anything that you'd like to plug? Well, I have a website that has not been updated recently, but it has a lot of information. So people can go to buzzdome.com, D-O-M-E, which is the name of the .com where Jake ends up working in the latest season of Daria. Oh, my God. a lot of cool young people. Huh? Oh, cool. And um, I, I, I made up that name because I wanted a .com name that meant absolutely nothing, and it means absolutely nothing. And I just bought the domain, so that's my website. That's so great. And if you go to that website, um, listeners, you can actually read the first script uh, of the second episode of Daria, which Anne wrote, uh, the one that she's talking about, where they go to the party. And you could imagine seeing Trent uh, for your first time and swooning the way that so many of us have. Um, but Anne, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Sure. And uh, great. yeah, thank you so much. And then uh, Julia, where can people find you oh, online? Thanks so much for asking, Allie. Um, you can find me at Julia Prescott on all the things. <laughs> Allie, where can people find you? Oh, Julia, thank you for asking me. <laughs> you can find me at Allie Gertz on all the things as well. You could find us uh, on Feral Audio, of mm -hmm. course. 
Uh, and we have another exciting uh, update to announce. Um, for people that are on the East Coast, we are the special guests at the upcoming Max FunCon East. Yes. So we're going to be hosting a Simpsons trivia, I think, on Saturday, September 2nd. Um, but That uh, is correct. That is correct. <laughs> um, so come check us out uh, if you're on the East Coast. And Max FunCon will be just a fun event to go to anyway. And uh, for all you other yahoos, you can support us by following it us at Simpsons Pod on all the things, writing to us, everything's coming up, Simpsons at gmail.com. Support our T Public store and Patreon and all that garbage. And we will see you next week. All right. Bye. Bye.